0: back with another episode of Bully Ball. I'm Jason Aponte, joined by Steph Sanchez. Steph, Sunday didn't exactly go the way you, I, any 49er fan, probably any NFL fan, uh, could have seen that game going. But first question, because I know you're in Mobile, and I'm definitely getting FOMO. uh, How are you? How are you, Steph?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I spent a little bit of time in, in New Orleans yesterday, and that was pretty awesome. I'd never been before so i was only there for like three hours but i feel like i knocked out some really important things that i needed to do within those three hours i got i went to cafe du Monde. oh i got a shrimp po' boy um you know i i walked bourbon street didn't have any drinks because i had to drive but very it responsible
0: great. it was great very responsible my favorite city in america new orleans i mean the vibe everything is great bourbon street um you know when you go you around Yeah. And when you go around Halloween time, you can do the ghost walks where they tell you all the stories of like what's going on around there, man. It's just incredible. New Orleans is a great place. But for people that are confused as to what's going on with, you know, the podcast network, basically right now we are sorting things out. Make sure you subscribe to the Niners Nation podcast network and the Gold Standard podcast network wherever you get your audio podcasts. And speaking of that, we got a very, very nice review from Ambi Bindra, who says, I am a Bay Area native living in Dallas for the past 25 years and have been a diehard Niners fan since the catch when I was five years old. I've been a dedicated listener to Niners Nation since last year, and I'm so thankful Rob and Levin and company are continuing on with this new podcast. It is my listen to and from work every day. Love the in-depth analysis with Vish, the no-holds-barred with Steph and Jason, the breakdowns of Kyle and Akash, the vast knowledge of Michelle, and the cold truth of Levin, which is needed. Rob, you are a master coordinator of it all and a joy to listen to. Keep it rolling. Go niners Embi, thank you so much for the kind words that really means a lot and i like that we're kind of known as the no holds bars one because we're like the one that's always cursing stuff
1: <laughs> I, I i gotta be honest i didn't know what that meant so i just assumed he meant like our our very fully uh Raw format take. that we have where, yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly
0: <laughs> i mean uh, we're living up to the name so but all right um Sunday, the San Francisco 49ers fell to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Congratulations to the Eagles. Uh, They are playing in Glendale in two weeks. Uh, Better team on Sunday just is what it is. I guess this conversation starts and ends with the injuries to the quarterback stuff. So I'm going to start there. And I'm going to... Pose this to people who are having a tough time wrapping their head around this game or are still struggling with the outcome because, for me, it became very clear after the Brock Purdy injury, and this is how I'm going to explain it. Think about whatever your chances were to winning that game with Brock Purdy. Now, that's how you looked at it, right? Like, if you said, I have a 75% chance in my mind that the 49ers would win this game, right? There's no guarantee the 49ers would have won if Brock Purdy played the entire game, but I think we can all agree that... (laughs) the chances would have been much better. Now take those chances and slash them when Josh Johnson joins the game. And you find out that Brock Purdy has a problem, not only gripping the football, but has a nerve issue. And now we found out it's a it's a torn UCL. Now take those chances after Josh Johnson gets injured and slash them to nothing at this point. So when I tell people I'm not upset, I'm at peace, there's nothing you could do, I think that's the best way to explain it at this point. And I don't understand why there's this sentiment of, oh my God, I can't believe they blew it again. What did they blow? Their quarterbacks got injured. And they can't throw the ball down the field. I don't understand. So for me, it's like, when you look at everything that happened in this game, when you look at that there were points where Christian McCaffrey was going to be playing quarterback, when you look at the point, (laughs) when you look at the point at where it was going to be it was going to be Josh Johnson for stretches, right? And and he looked so unprepared. I mean, the guy had so many delay of game penalties that, that were either close or happened. Felt like he didn't know what plays were coming in, didn't know what was going on. It was really rough for him. I think that once the quarterback goes out, I, all hope goes out the window and it kind of just gave me more peace.
1: I completely agree with that. I mean, I had a hard time placing my emotions or feelings about this game anywhere because I was watching in total disbelief as to what I was watching. And you just knew after Brock Purdy exited this game that there was going to be no hope for them to come back. I mean, we already talked about it, like going into the game, 49ers had to play perfect on both sides of the ball. You can't do that without your starting quarterback. And one, that speaks to, I think, how impressive Brock Purdy has been to this point that him as a seventh round w- rookie we're dependent on him so much and you know another fourth fourth string at this point quarterback can come in and we don't have that same confidence right it's because what Brock Purdy did was so unique and and so great for this team and I was hoping I was hoping Jay when I saw Brock Purdy on the sidelines still out there he was he was trying to throw the ball I was hoping but you could just see like he wasn't exactly trying to go back out. I think he just wanted to be on the sidelines, support his teammates. He wanted to feel like he could go back in, but I don't think that that moment ever came to him that he felt okay to go in. And of course we we now know why, um, you know, with the UCL tear and that brings up a whole nother list of of questions, right, for the off season. Um, I mean, we could talk about them here. I know we have all offseason to talk about them as well. So, but honestly, it's like the game just, it hurts because the not knowing, the not knowing, we don't know what would have happened in this game had Brock Purdy played, like maybe the 49ers win. Hey, maybe they don't, but like the not knowing is what's going to eat me alive. Like <laughs> for, you know, who knows how long, but we, we, we can't really be too mad about the outcome because after Brock Purdy exited the game, it was like.
0: I've expected it. Yeah, and that's the same thing. I think that I understand that frustration. I understand that frustration of just like, damn it, you know, robbed of a game. I think NFL fans were robbed of a really great game as well, too. I mean, you know, once again, Brock Purdy leaves, Josh Johnson leaves, Christian McCaffrey's thinking about going in at Wildcat. It just it felt like it was it was done when Brock Purdy wasn't allowed to come back in the game. And for good reason, man, you just hope that, you know, the injury isn't as severe or won't require such a Large surgery, and we'll talk about that, I think, at the end, because it does pose a really good question. And it just kind of I think the other frustrating part is after everything that's happened this season, after everything that Brock Purdy has showed, kind of saw a light at the end of the tunnel, and it still feels like the 49ers are gonna go into this offseason with the same questions as last year. The same exact questions and still like like the meme of the guy in the desert reaching for water franchise quarterback right there still just out of the reach out of the reach now at this point and it's just we're gonna figure out a lot soon but my goodness I think that's a very frustrating part for 49ers fans as well
1: I don't think there's any team in the NFL that has had worst quarterback slash injury luck in in the past decade or maybe even ever because it hasn't even impacted just one guy it's been several guys and this is now a reoccurring thing and I don't I don't know what to make make of it. Whoever has the voodoo doll of all these 49ers quarterbacks, leave it alone. I need to find it and I need to confiscate it because it's gotten out of control. You've proved your point, whatever that point was.
0: Right. Like whoever's doing brujería on the 49ers, please stop. <laughs> like, okay, we get it. And and this is this has been happening before since before Kyle was here, which I guess yeah. is a good place to go to, right? So you know, the number one defense, Steph, if I would have told you that the Philadelphia Eagles were going to throw for 125 yards in this game, you would have said? 49ers definitely winning this one. Right, and I understand uh, I understand the, the Eagles didn't necessarily have to pass in this game, but when they did, it didn't look so good. I thought everybody did well Um, in in pass and secondaries specifically Jimmy Ward, who has some pretty funny things to say after the game. I know a lot of people weren't happy with that because they were in their feelings about how the game ended. I thought it was funny what Jimmy Ward said. Um, because he did have a really good game, and it's not his fault that everything else happened. But when you don't have an offense that can sustain drives, when you're turning the ball over by not catching snaps, when the defense knows that you can't throw the football and they are just keying in on the run and you're just punting every single time, when you have drives that are continued by penalty after penalty, the defense is going to get worn out. The defense was on the field too much. What you saw down the stretch of that game wasn't a team that was unraveling. It was a team that was completely frustrated because they knew that their chance was taken away because of an injury. Right. Brock Purdy goes down and and all the hope goes out the window and it's like you're on the cusp of another Super Bowl. And that's gone now um, because of an injury. A lot of those guys are frustrated. Imagine being Trent Williams and being, you know, this this amazing left tackle, being this close two times in a row and then to have it taken away in that way. Um, You just saw the frustration boiling over. And then and you heard George Kittle after the after the game. Um, He said it's just and that's just I mean, what else can be said? So, I mean, the defense, I thought, was fine for the large part of stuff. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree. And that's what also makes it a little more painful, right? Because you saw their efforts in the first half, um, much of which I I was impressed by because I, I didn't know like that it was going to be that good. Um, and so like Traverius Ward, D'Amador, Lenore, what they were able to do against Devontae Smith and AJ Brown was impressive on its own. And it gave this team a chance, right? It would have given this team a chance. Uh, So, that, that part hurts as well because knowing how the defense was playing, I I felt pretty good about the possible outcome of this game, of course, un- until the injury happened. So, again, it just adds to that, like, not knowing factor, what would have happened. Um, So, it, it just makes it hurt a little bit extra.
0: Right. Traveris wore two catches allowed for 16 yards. The Amador Lenore clean sheet. I mean... I know that they didn't have to throw the ball, but when Jalen Hurts did throw the ball, he was either overthrowing guys or there was there was just good coverage.
1: You know, another thing I want to mention too is they they contained Jalen Hurts in the pocket. They did. That was my that was my fear, and I thought like you know Hurts would be able to you know run a little here and there, and they would be able to live with that. They didn't really let him out of the pocket in that first half at all. Um, and I thought that was really impressive as well. And some people were saying like, well, the pass rush wasn't getting to Jalen Hurts. That that's kind of the point. You just keep him in the pocket and force him to make a throw. And you saw he w- he had a lot of time to throw the ball. That was because he couldn't find anyone. So that adds to the you know panic to the quarterback being uncomfortable. You make him uncomfortable for longer things like that. All of that was working according to plan. Like D'Amico Ryan's had an incredible game plan in place uh, going up against the Eagles.
0: Shout out to D'Amico. Sounds like he's going to be the Houston Texans uh, new coach as well, too. He's going home. I want to talk about the opening drive in which the Eagles go for it on fourth down, and Devonta Smith makes what I thought was one of the greatest catches I've ever seen in my life. But upon further review, it was not a catch. Now, I sent something out on Twitter, and people just, because they're in their emotions and in their feelings, were crying about it. So I want to, you know, double down on this and I want to tell you why you're wrong and you shouldn't be crying. It doesn't matter whether after the play you find out that it was a catch or not. doesn't matter whatever you think it is in the NFL stat sheet. It will go in as a catch. That's why you should stop crying about it because whatever happened, happened. But there was no challenge. So it's a catch officially in the book for years and years and years. There will not be an asterisk next to that catch that says wasn't actually a catch it's a catch because they didn't challenge it now the second part of this complaining and crying about that not being challenged there's three and a half quarters left of football left to play and you had no idea that Brock Purdy was going to get injured and if they would have only scored seven points, I want to remind people that going into the last minute and change in this second quarter of the second, the first half, the game was seven, 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 then a touchdown happens. Then Josh Johnson forgets how to football. Then another touchdown happens and it's 21 seven. And that's game. That's game. But it's so funny that that one touchdown has people still talking about it and still finding a way to, to use it as, oh, well, Kyle choked in a big game. Guys, if the Eagles were going to score just seven points in that game, you would have thought you were going to win that game. They weren't scoring at all during that first half. The, the defense was great. I'm just tired of the of the nonsense about that challenge because who cares? There was three and a half quarters left to play. Keep playing. Let it go. Move on.
1: I do feel that it was fair to question why that wasn't challenged. Like, I, I understand that. Um, but, you know, Criticism and blame are two different things to me. I can criticize Kyle Shanahan for, you know, not thinking to challenge. Well, he did think to challenge it, but actually not pulling the trigger on it. Um, especially when you see the Eagles rushing to to make the next snap, to get in formation. Like that's a red flag right there. Um, at that point, you should throw the red challenge flag. Um, so it's fair to question, right? But I'm still not blaming it and I am I, I see what you're saying. Like I am not I'm not latching on to that as being a potential like changing point of the game and that fixing everything else that happened. Like it's just it's not gonna happen. And and that's the thing with this loss that I see a lot of people doing. They're grasping onto anything they can to find blame, to find comfort in in this loss that You know they want to go out and revisionist history right you want to go back in time and and think well what if this was different what if people were telling me well jimmy garoppolo what if he was healthy or like what what if he was active for the game and i'm like dude he he wasn't healthy like forget about it like so people are going back in time (laughs) trying to change what happened with you know one event and it doesn't always work that way
0: and i do i do understand the idea that this like a ripple effect butterfly effect whatever it is right but they gave up that one play excuse me they gave up that one touchdown and then the defense held even with brock purdy not playing with josh johnson in there not understanding the play calls dropping the football right so yeah i guess your frustration would be well damn it goes back to brock purdy's injured and that's, that's where the, the frustration really begins and ends, in my opinion. Like, what else is Kyle supposed to do when a guy doesn't even know the plays that he's calling, then ends up concussed? And then there's a quarterback that you have that can't throw the football. And then you literally bring out Christian McCaffrey to even try and throw the football. And he just threw it to nowhere. So I just. It starts and ends with the quarterback. It does. It does. That's it. And, and all of the frustration can be pointed to after that. This initial play had no real bearing on this game, in my opinion. No real bearing because they went almost two quarters by just allowing that one touchdown.
1: Yeah, I agree. And and actually, like kind of on that point, like I have a question for you because the, there was a player after the game, anonymous, anonymously, of course, who said that after Brock Purdy went down, it, it kind of felt like the player felt like the refs said to themselves don't let the 49ers go to the super bowl after brock purdy exited the game and it makes sense in 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 a sense that like yeah 49ers going into a super bowl with josh johnson at quarterback isn't exactly good for the nfl it isn't exactly good for entertainment value definitely not even good for us so what what are your thoughts on that i don't know if i agree you know uh, i do here's what i'm gonna say i do feel like there were some calls that were you know ticky tacky you know we saw them uh and i do also think there were calls that were fair in that yes it was what was being called but i feel like in most cases they would not be called so that that's kind of how i feel about it curious to to know your thoughts on the officiating of this game
0: glad you brought this up because there is a lot of talk and again football fans they lose their minds when their team loses, right? And they, they've they got to find a way to to figure out why their team lost. And it can't just be the simple circumstance of your quarterbacks getting injured and that team just being better that way, but better on the other side. By the way, I want to throw this at 49ers fans as well, too, because they're they're telling Eagles fans not to be happy, and they're just, like, disputing this win. If the 49ers would have injured Jalen Hurts, Gardner, Minshew, and they wouldn't have had anybody to throw the football or anything like that, and they would have won the game, would 49ers fans be telling Eagles fans well, we don't really feel too good about this. We're moving on to the Super Bowl, but we don't really feel too good. No, they'd be celebrating their ass off. So let's knock that one off as well, too. Okay. Steph, let me ask you a question in return, right? Like you asked me one, I'm going to answer your question with this question. Why wouldn't they want the 49ers to get in? Because there is a certain quarterback who I am 100% certain would have been ready for the Super Bowl, and his name's not Josh Johnson. It would have been The exact right script to throw out there for James Richard Garoppolo to come in on a white horse and play the Kansas City Chiefs all over again and get it done. If these script writers were so good, if the NFL really wanted what was right, they would have wanted the 49ers in. Again, NFL fans, and this is not just 49ers fans, when your team loses, the easiest answer is right in front of you. It is right in front of you. Quarterback gets injured. You can't play offense. Your defense is on the field too long. The Eagles take advantage. The Eagles are really good. They're moving on. But if they really wanted to set up a script, that would have been unbelievable. It would have been, I guarantee you, in the next week, well, it looks like Jimmy's going to be practicing. Well, it looks like Jimmy's going to play on Sunday. And then here he comes on his white horse, and that's exactly how he would have entered the stadium in Glendale to try and help the 49ers win the sixth Super Bowl and get revenge on them. And I just... That's what I'm saying. Like this, this script thing is just again. People are just trying to grasp at something, stuff. But I do think it's funny that you brought it up because it is a large talking point. One more thing, Steph. Do you think that it's up to the NFL's benefit to like leave out the brands of big football, meaning like Steelers don't get in, Packers don't get in, Cowboys are always bounced. What are these script writers writing here at this point? Like what are they doing? Do you do you think that the NFL and the casual NFL fan wants to watch the Jacksonville Jaguars play the the Kansas City Chiefs? Like I just I have a tough time with this one just because again, I understand frustrations are high still on Tuesday, but come on. Come on, stuff.
1: Yeah, I I mean, like I said, I do think some of the calls were just like uh, kind of ridiculous, but again, that's not the reason the 49ers lost. I'm not blaming the refs, um, you know, if there was, and and that's a big if, if there was any type of effort that the, uh, to make the forty nine ers not make the Super Bowl, um, I mean, I I couldn't really tell. I guess by the by the calls, although I do feel like that contributed to like the frustration, which then led to more calls.
0: <laughs> so yeah. it
1: it just kind of snowballed for the forty nine ers.
0: Yeah, again, think about it. You have to feel deflated when you see Brock Purdy's not going out there. Then you lose your second quarterback in that game. um, And then you have a drive where you get off the field or you force a punt and they, they you know, continue the drive. I understand all of their frustrations, all of them. And, again, it's not easy to just know that your game went away or your chance to make the Super Bowl went away because the quarterback got injured. And it's just I can't imagine what that's like. You guys, they put all of their, their, you know, Body, life, everything into this 112 straight games for them to go out in this way. Can't imagine how frustrating it was. I mean, you know, fans and you know, fans want to be frustrated. That's fine. You know, these players have every right to be frustrated because of how this unfolded. And I do think that a lot of them believe that, you know, replay the game again with another quarterback or the the quarterback that they had, you know, going in and, and they would feel like they had a different outcome. But that's just not how this works. That's it. That's why I'm at peace with it a little bit, Steph. I really am. I, I, I don't. <laughs>
1: This is no, this is why I'm like, there are people who are blaming Kyle Shanahan for this Go loss off. and they're like and they're like he he couldn't win with his fourth string quarterback. It's like are you are you hearing yourself right now? Who who can win with even their third string quarterback? You like who who in the NFL? Point me to a coach in the NFL who would be able to win and get to the NFC championship game with their third string quarterback only one is Kyle Shanahan and then you want to sit here and complain about the fact that he didn't win the game with his four string quarterback and that's kind of the the negative side to Brock Purdy being so special what he was able to do because now suddenly people think like any quarterback could just come in and do what Brock Purdy did no and 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 you saw it I mean this this man Josh Johnson bless his heart, he he fumbled a snap. I mean, you you can't coach that. (laughs) Like He's supposed to catch that ball. And that's kind of where it started to unravel as well. Who knows what would have happened had that not happened. 49ers, in my mind, probably still lose because it's Josh Johnson. And let's face it, the Eagles' defense was playing some really, really good football. Um, And so blaming Kyle Shanahan for this loss, I think, again, is people looking for comfort people looking for something to blame. And look, again, it's fair to criticize. It's fair to question some of the decision-making. We didn't even talk about, you know, the decision to put Tyler Croft uh, to block Hassan Reddick. You can can blame that decision. I don't see anyone blaming Brock Purdy for not stepping up. I don't – so why are we blaming Kyle Shanahan? People acting like Kyle Shanahan, like, physically karate-chopped, Brock Purdy's arm himself um it's football like injuries happen it's it's a freak like injury it's freak accident that happened on the field yes it was because of that decision which we are that it's fair to to criticize that decision but at the end of the day that is not why the injury happened you know what I mean like to me I'm not placing blame on that I can criticize I am not placing the blame on that
0: that's the thing is no coach is perfect, but this is such a fake gotcha moment for the people that do not like Kyle Shanahan. Right. Well, see. You can't win the big game. Gotcha. You know, uh, and then the Hassan Reddick thing, I think Joe Thomas kind of, blamed, uh, you know, put it together perfectly. You know, nobody, nobody had a problem with it when that happened and it worked during the year, just a hair too late just is what it is. And that's what happens. So um, again, I think once the, the, the dust settles some more because it's still Tuesday and people are still losing their minds. Um, I think once the dust settles some more, people will come back down to earth and they'll start to figure it out. The emotions will stop running out. I mean, because we saw 49ers Twitter rip each other apart during this game. Like literally people putting out some of the worst takes I've ever seen in my life in, in in the moment of emotion. You know, you mix alcohol with emotion, with the aggression of this game, and it equals stupid shit sometimes. And that's exactly what was going on. So, again, when things start to settle, people are going to realize how dumb they look. People are going to realize what they said was really stupid. And they're going to figure out, like, what's really going on. Again, it's not this grand thing. It's not something that Kyle was just like, you know, again, he blew this game or anything like that. I don't know what you want this guy to do at this point. And because the Kyle haters had to take so many weeks off because of how many games the 49ers have won, they were just sitting there waiting. They pent all this up. So, I mean, you know what? Good for you for at least sticking to your guns but you know whatever at this point I don't think that you can go out there you're not finding a better coach he's not going anywhere stop it you know but it it's I just want to put a wrap on this game Steph I really do I mean it's just because too. <laughs> there's not too, there's not too much to analyze here like once the quarterback goes down that's it like what do you do blame the defense no do you blame the receivers no you blame nobody like it, it's it's the end of the game that is it and that's why I wasn't upset because I'm just like what are they supposed to do at this point what can be done there's nothing that can be done you don't have a quarterback who can throw the football forward. This isn't the 1920s football, you know, when, when the guys wore leather helmets and there was no forward pass. It's not how the game's played. So it just is easy for me. But, Steph, is this the last time that we'll see Jimmy Ward, Mike McGlinchey? Um, who else? Manuel Mosley is, you know, somebody mm-hmm. that's out there. Samson yeah. um, which of Which of those four would you say are the likeliest to come back?
1: Uh, People aren't going to like this answer, but I think it would be Mike McGlinchey. Although I do think also he is going to have a market just because offensive linemen, oftentimes uh, there aren't many good options out there. And so I think, you know, given that there are a lot of people from the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree, I mean, Mike McDaniels, Robert Sala, they'll have D'Amico Ryans here in a bit. Those guys, they know Mike McGlinchey you know, might be tempted to bring him on over to their team. And I might add, they would offer him more than the 49ers would and could. So that being said, I think it's going to be tough to keep any of those guys because of that, right? Not because the 49ers may not have interest in bringing those players back, but because they're going to have to compete against other teams that might have a little bit more money than them. Uh Although I think as of right now, according to OTC, the 49ers are projected for 16.6 million cap space next season, uh, which would be 10th most. Uh, So they will have some wiggle room, but of course, they got to figure out what they're going to do with their quarterback position, I think, before they decide about bringing some of these guys back. But I don't know. What do you think? What do you think comes first (laughs) in this one?
0: (laughs) What comes first is chaos. And what will be here forever <laughs> is chaos. Um, as far as who I think is not coming back, Jimmy Ward, I think uh, it was pretty easy to to listen to what he was saying about how he played. And he's like, hey, put the word out. I'm good at nickel and safety. Um, and he kind of talked about, you know, this being the last time, all that stuff. I don't think Jimmy Ward's coming back at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, Mike McGlinchey is a lot more, I think, a lot uh, uh, has a better chance. Samson Nebuchadnezzar probably comes back for a low rate because he doesn't necessarily, like, fill up the stat sheet in that way. I think that's the last time you see Jake Brendel. Um, I think that Nick Sakel is probably going to take over as center for this team. So that's why, you know, they continue to draft O-line after O-line, you know. So good for Brundle. I think he had a really good year as well, too. Um, The quarterback position. Well, Steph, 30 minutes. And, uh, you know, we've been telling people all all season, please table the discussion. Let's talk about this later. Mm -hmm. Let's finish the season. Well, the season's done. (laughs) And sure enough, here we are. Feels like Groundhog Day. But not the funny Bill Murray movie. I'm a god. You're a god. I'm a god. I'm not the god. I don't think. It just feels like one of those, you know how they made like a Winnie the Pooh horror film? This is Groundhog Day and the, <laughs> and, and the groundhog has rabies. I'll give
1: you a, a winter prediction. It's gonna be cold. It's gonna be gray. And it's gonna last you for the rest of your life.
0: So... First of all, I am so sorry, Brock Purdy. So this injury, let's talk about that first. The UCL injury looks like a bare minimum is going to be six months. Um, If the surgery is a repair, then that that six months becomes six to nine months. If it's a total reconstruction, which is what people are talking about with the term Tommy John surgery, that's for the year. Okay. So Trey Lance is in a walking boot is he going to be ready in time for otas and things like that sounds like he's at least a front runner now here's where things get weird stuff tom brady jimmy garoppolo yes i said it jimmy garoppolo i mean at this point they'd have to exhaust all of their ish, their their chances right they'd have to exhaust every single option at this point point. and the reason that i'm bringing it up is not because i think that's going to happen or i want that to happen I am bringing it up because you need to have any and everything on the table. Because what I learned from this offseason is stop trying to put your finger on whatever it is that you think is going to happen because you have no idea. We all thought Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't going to be here. Well, he's back. Well, now here we are. You think that Brock Purdy is going to be here? He's injured. So, Trey Lance, you need a backup quarterback who can actually play. Now, the third option would be Trey Lance and someone in the Andy Dalton backup tier vibe right like that class not a guy that you want starting all the time but a guy that if you need to make spot starts can be competent that's what andy dalton and that class of backups look like right steph i just i don't want to speculate on anything right now until one we find out exactly how severe this brock purdy injury is and if it's mm-hmm. going to cost him the entire year and two just because I don't want to look like a fool again this entire offseason, talking about what I think is going to happen when the exact opposite is going to happen.
1: I think that's fair. I think we we have to keep Jimmy Garoppolo in, in, in the back of our minds just because we know what has happened these last uh, two years with him. But to add color to the, like, Brock Purdy um, injury, what we know so far, right, is that he does have the complete tear, right? Uh, and, yeah, so you mentioned... The repair or reconstruction that's kind of what it is right now and so he's getting second opinions the hope is that it could just be a repair um because the reconstruction is tommy john surgery and and like you said like that's a longer uh recovery time as of right now if it is a repair he would be ready for training camp he would miss part of the off season program of course um but training camp that's good but I, i'm also saying to myself so that's best case scenario right? Him missing. Um, off-season program but being ready for training camp that is best case scenario and I want to say Trey Lance if I recall his timeline is kind of similar in that he would be ready for training camp too I don't know I think the last yeah so he wouldn't be ready for OTAs so suddenly you don't have a quarterback for OTAs off-season program or anything like that and you go into the season or go into training camp as well with two very young quarterbacks who are coming off of serious surgeries that's not ideal that's not ideal in any world um in a perfect world we'd be saying oh yeah brock purdy he he did a great job in the playoffs and he's going to probably get the nod for starting position um but unfortunately you know shit happens and we're now in this situation where both quarterbacks are hurt so you have to insulate yourself as this 49ers team did last season they did that with Jimmy Garoppolo last season. But, of course, are they going to want to do that again with Jimmy Garoppolo? Does Jimmy Garoppolo want to do this again? Like, that's kind of the question. I feel like both sides are kind of over it at this point. I mean, for one, Jimmy Garoppolo is always getting hurt. So, he's he's just as unreliable as, you know, anyone else. Uh, and so, I also feel like Jimmy Garoppolo wants more money because of what he – you know what he did this season he was playing some really good football maybe the best he's ever played in his life so I think given that he's going to want more money I think also there's going to be other uh, opportunities for him elsewhere I mean maybe the Jets maybe Robert Solomon wants to bring him on over there but of course we always talk about the fact that there are other quarterbacks in the mix and that kind of throws a wrench on Jimmy Garoppolo's value always like because he's not those guys. Aaron Rodgers, we're here and talk about him, and I don't know if that ever becomes Green
0: that. Bay will never. This guy's
1: always, this guy's always talking about leaving the team, retiring. Just, just, just make up your mind, man. I'm, I'm tired of Aaron Rodgers discourse, man. Forget him. That's uh, us with anyway. Brett Favre.
0: Literally, Green Bay Packers quarterback. So I'm, I'm, I'm retired. I'm back. I'm retired. I'm back. Same thing.
1: So that's where you learned it from, okay? Yep. So Aaron Rodgers, like obviously, everyone waits and holds their breath. To see what happens with him because he's he, he would be one of the best he would be the best option for any team out there. Also, Derek Carr's out there as well, who I would put him in a similar tier with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, depending on the day, you you go Derek Carr or you go Jimmy Garoppolo. It really depends on what what you're into. Right. Um, <laughs> it's like some sick it's like some sick fetish. <laughs> it's it, it's all right.
0: So how how can we do this one? Uh, Derek Carr is is um, tattooed Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins is religious Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield is angry Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jimmy Garoppolo is handsome Jimmy Garoppolo. Is that the best way we could put that entire tier together?
1: What contest in hell did I win? He also has like eyeliner tattooed. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, you, you, you get what I'm saying though. Like there's gonna be other quarterbacks out there who, once again could hurt jimmy garoppolo's value Uh, the good thing going for jimmy is that he should be should be 100 healthy um you know in a couple weeks here and that should help him because last season that was kind of like the the drawback on him and uh what led teams to be hesitant on you know giving him a chance this time he's going to be healthy so I think, you know, there, there'll there be other teams interested, for sure. And so that, that hurts the 49ers if they wanted to bring him back on, like, a cheaper deal or something like that. But regardless, it feels like the 49ers are going to have to invest into the quarterback position, whether that be a guy like Tom Brady, whether that be a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo or an Andy Dalton. God forbid a Derek car. But you know what I mean.
0: Right. Well, folks, it's Groundhog Day again. Uh, and it seems like this day will never end. Um, I, I I just think that the 49ers are cursed with their quarterback position just because they literally hit the jackpot so early on with Joe Montana and Steve Young, like back to back that they're just like, we're going to give you glimpses of guys that you think are going to be the next guy, but you're never going to get a guy again. So, uh, what a fun off season. I cannot wait. And if there was ever sarcasm font in speaking, that's what that would be. But, Steph, I think we've covered the game. This has been a long, weird, wild season for the 49ers. One of the, the weirdest and wildest I think I can ever remember. Um, From losing two quarterbacks to winning 12 straight to losing your third quarterback, losing your fourth quarterback, and then going out in this fashion. And then being right back in the same spot that you were in all offseason in terms of, okay, well, we hope Trey Lance is taking the steps. You know, we still just we still just don't know what Trey is. I believe he can be successful. Mm-hmm. I think the fact of the matter is we just don't know. And we are right back in this spot. And it does feel like Brock Purdy is not going to be around early on. So, goodness gracious. I mean, 49ers, 49ers fans, handshake emoji, quarterback controversy and quarterback discussions. So we're right back with it. Steph, I want to say... It's been an amazing season covering the team with you. Um, you're a great friend. You're an even better analyst. Really happy that you're out there in Mobile. So go scout us some third and fourth round offensive tackles. Make sure you follow Steph49K on Twitter for Senior Bowl updates. Definitely getting FOMO now. I'm feeling it now because I know you are going to practice now, and it's three straight days of just having fun. Just hope it doesn't rain. Hope the rain holds off for you guys. Um, it seems like it always rains at these Senior Bowl practices. But, yeah, you know, fun season. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to Rob. Thank you to the entire team, man. I think we did an amazing job, um, you know, this year with everything that happened. Subscribe to the Gold Standard and Niners Nation feeds anywhere that you get your audio podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Jason Aponte2103. Uh, this this feels bitters. It feels bittersweet because now there's no more games to cover. And now we are gonna have to start covering manufactured things like who said what about the quarterback? What's actually, you know, like, again, like, we're just going to this uncertain place, and it just feels bittersweet just the way the, the, the season ended. But, again, congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles. They're moving on to the Super Bowl. Wish that was us. But for Jason, for Steph, we're out of here, and thank you guys again. Peace.